Hi, I'm Justine. And I'm Sarah LaVon. And we are so glad you're here. We believe that your life has the potential to make a deep, meaningful impact on the world around you. You, as a nurse, have the ability to add value to every single person and patient you touch. We want to inspire you with resources, education, and stories to support you to live your absolute best life, both in and outside of work. But don't expect perfection over here. We're just here to have some conversations about anything birth, work, and life trying to add some happy to your hour as we all grow together. By nurses, for nurses, this is Happy Hour with Bundle Birth Nurses. We have a data update. Do you say data or data? I say data. Data? I think I say data, and I think I said data because I know you say data. Oh. <laughs> I have so much influence on you. <laughs> you do. I um, Yeah, so we have a data update. To bring to you, this is hot off the press, and you'll probably hear from it. It it was published in JAMA, which, what is JAMA? JAMA is the Journal of American Medical Association. Perfect. That's like a really big deal. Big deal. We should know it, guys. JAMA. (laughs) We know it now. So on July 12th, 2022, so the title of the article is Rate of First-Time Cesarean Deliveries on the rise in the U.S. Oh, this hurt my heart to see. I was I really know. hoping. So basically, we think that we should all know about this because, one, you're going to probably hear about it come down the pipeline of information. Two, we want to keep you in the know. We want to talk about why this is happening or why could this be happening, and then what do we do about it, especially as labor and delivery nurses? What do we do about it? So the numbers are we know that cesareans have been rising greatly. Like it – it rose 60% from 1996 to 2009, from 20.7% to 32.9%, which is crazy, 60% increase. Yeah, that's a lot. And then it declined a little bit. By 2019, it was 31.7%, which was like, okay, we're doing something. Something's mm-hmm. happening. You know, we were excited about that. And well, then – And there was a push, right? For sure. There came that push. It was Six like is the new four. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Everyone was pushing it. Yeah, for sure. NTSB task forces. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then it increased again to 31.8%. So not much This is um, in in 2020. So it went from 31.7% in 2019 to 31.8% in 2020. So like barely, basically. And then 32.1% in 2021. So we're going up. We're continuing to rise. Mm. Um, We are almost to the highest we've been, which was 2009. So 32.8%. 9% 9% was in 2009. We're now at 32.1% in 2021, which Man. actually sucks to think about. Like, we've been trying. Yeah. You know? Or it feels like we've been trying. Yeah. And, like, think about all those task force, task force and all that, those resources, especially hospitals that really, really, really have been pushing. Mm-hmm. And Well, the question that I asked immediately was, well, what happened between 2019 and 2020? Was it 21? And it was the pandemic. For sure. Like a huge, massive, world-stressing, healthcare stressing. I feel like I don't have enough words (laughs) to express the challenge of the pandemic. Yep. So what we know right now is that the data that we have on C-sections since the pandemic is that they have risen. Which was not only disappointing to me, but also really shocking. Mm-hmm. I feel like we've done so much work in this area and like nurses are really trying harder. They have more tools. And mind you, I also think of like 
how many people have been through physiologic birth and the limitations on trainings throughout the pandemic. And then, you know, so I'm like, oh, yeah, we tried to help that. But also, like, we there's no there's no fighting the stress of the pandemic. I think, too, you mentioned before we recorded this episode, like, how the hospitals blocked out doulas. Oh, yeah. You know, that's oh, yeah. huge. I didn't even think about that when I first read it. But of course, mm-hmm. like. Well, my first thought was like physiologically, what does stress do on the body? Right. We know this from our physiologic birth class that stress, a.k.a. adrenaline and catecholamines, that they actually counteract our labor hormones. So the best thing we can do intervention wise is decrease the stress in the room. Can we decrease the stress of a pandemic? No. No. I mean, I think about even the shift in my clients, the amount of anxiety and panic and new concerns. Labor is stressful on its own, but then you layer the pandemic on it. I think this to me is a perfect reference. Again, we're making entire hypotheses here, guys, but like mostly to like facilitate a conversation so that you can be thinking about it too Mm -hmm. and piecing them together. And so what we know physiologically to piece them logically together is that stress actually affects labor and I think this to me is like proof that stress Mm -hmm. affects labor now there are things we can do about that and I think we can't remove a pandemic but can we mitigate in other ways yes that's the entire physiologic birth class let's be honest Mm -hmm. um in many many ways I think one of the, the the first thought I had was we locked out doulas, we locked out support doula. So I know as much as like we can have that doula conversation, because I would love to have that because I have lots of opinions on that side of things. But as much as you love or hate doulas, that we know the evidence is extremely clear that the presence of continuous labor support by a doula betters outcomes. I'm going to say- even oh, recommends it. Oh, everybody recommends it. That everybody should have continuous labor support. And they actually say that nurses can't provide the same support. They don't provide the same support. Well, that would be lovely for us to fix it through us being present there one-on-one. It's not the same. And so with that, we know that that's one of the cheapest, least risky interventions to help improve cesarean rates. And what did we do? They were kicked out. They were let in. They were kicked out. They were let in. Myself included. I went through the whiplash of that and Mm -hmm. turning virtual. And then, you know, oh, you can't have her on FaceTime because it's like recording. I'm like, I'm not recording. And first of all, even if I could, you're not getting audio from it. And that's probably what matters. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, there that that to me was my first thought on this of like, to me, this shows that the importance of of that labor support side if they had a doula. Now, the other side of that is not everybody has a doula. Not everybody would have had a doula. But what happens when we're concerned about COVID, we're concerned about being present with other people, is our nursing care becomes less supportive and less present for our patients. So once again, we're in and out really quickly. We're clustering care like we had talked about before this episode. And that removes that layer of support and even education, even shared decision-making. And then to me, once again, when you remove that layer of support and then you think about the the fear-based decision-making. I mentioned this in a previous episode that like my goal for anybody that I work with is that they are making decisions out of education, not fear. And if they make the same decision, then great, mm-hmm. whatever. I don't care what the heck you do, but are these fear-based decisions? And I wonder if in the pandemic, because we also just didn't know right. that decisions are being quicker made towards things. Maybe patients aren't giving as much pushback to the C-section because, well, I just want to get out of the hospital for um, sure. I was even or even thinking, repeats. 
Yeah. You know, I don't want to be in the hospital where that's where COVID is. Mm -hmm. I had those conversations a lot with clients. Yeah. I was thinking the COVID patients were like, as a nurse, like, I do not want to be in that room long. I have sweat coming from every orifice of my body. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get out of those rooms quickly. Sadly, I'll admit that. And then on the second hand of the patients that just didn't want to be in the hospital, you know, and like as soon as they got there, they were like, Ooh, get me out of here. It's taking scared. too long. Right. It's taking too long. Mm-hmm. And, all, you know, they have all these dreams. They dreamt, like, imagine you. How many people do you feel like you want in your labor room? The world. Right. That, we will all be there virtually. Film crew. I will live stream that-ish. So Not people really. have Not really, my vagina, yeah. but, like, yeah. maybe parts of and it. And people dream of this day. And so you dreamt of your mom being there and your sister being there, and now they can't, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I think. Well, the loss of just, like, life on top of like, I mean, my sister was pregnant in the pandemic and I lived that with her of like, no one ever saw my belly. Yeah. You know, like, or I never even went shopping for maternity clothes because, or I never did a maternity. We did a maternity photo shoot where I like, I took photos, but you know, again, these are like very privileged things, but still like you want to have a baby shower and like, it's just layers upon layers of disappointment. And then that turning into how hard are you going to try? Well, I've already said to it all. And now I'm just bummed about the whole thing. I'm thinking about a patient we had at my old hospital right at the beginning of the pandemic where she lost her dad and actually performed CPR on him. Oh, gosh. And he he passed. She was pregnant. What? And so she had his frame in the room with his picture. And, like, she just kept saying, like, he should be here. They were the best friends. And so, like, even, like, that layered on there. Yeah. Like, that. So this stuff you guys can't control. We can't control this. Right. Right. But... What are the components that we can control? Yeah. And what of this maybe came from us? Because, I mean, I would bet money that many of you listening are like, yeah, I helped her avoid a C-section. Right. Like, I did that-ish. Like, I'm going to give them all the credit. And that's always what we say. Like, they did it. Their body did it. But, like, we help a mm-hmm. lot. And mm-hmm. we advocate a lot. And you asked for that extra hour and tried that new technique you learned in our physiologic birth class, which we have a couple more this year coming up. Um, And so, you know, it's like, oh, well, I did that. Are we trying that hard? I don't know. Justine, I feel like you could probably speak to that more than I can. Well, I kind of just already said, like, I try to get out of that room quick. So, (laughs) but I think it's definitely different now. I think height of pandemic when we're in all of the gear and just like, you know, a million and 95s on our face, total exaggeration. It's different now Mm -hmm. with COVID. I think that we have become more lax, which I mean, even what the CDCs just came out with a bunch of new recommendations are very much more relaxed. So, but in the height, there's, we weren't in the room as much. We were fearful. We didn't want to go in. Totally. You know, all the whole, like, you don't want to push for too long because of the aerosol. Like, right. there was a lot of things True. that True. were struggles. there. And then these poor patients pushing in a 95 mask. Right. Like, all of that. Like, mm-hmm. it's so. Hard. I, you know, when you say that, I'm like, I feel like maybe we just need to, like, well, what's done is done. Right. And kind of, like, we did the best we could through a really hard time. Mm-hmm. And this is not really anything against nursing I think we can learn from the past and Mm -hmm. I think we can say okay what do we know if you don't if you haven't taken our physiologic birth class that's a baseline you need to do that for your own profession the the expectation is you're the expert at labor and so you need to know the physiology of labor really well so that's number one take that into your control number two would be that like 
we want to do our best and that's sort of what we preach here but past that that like these are really hard circumstances mm-hmm. and the result is and now we have the proof that like it maybe did equal worse outcome worse quote unquote outcomes i don't know about mortality morbidity that's a whole nother conversation but you know if we're looking at the risk of a cesarean versus a risk of a vaginal birth the whole goal is decreasing morbidity and mortality through decreasing c-section rates and so of course um and then it's it's you do the best you can till you know better once you know better you do better thank you maya angelou for that you know and so now we're looking at the data and we go okay so instead of saying and this is where i've heard a lot of times and it sort of like gives me a little like knot in my stomach of like well yeah the visitation policies they actually helped maybe they didn't and maybe even though visitation policies like you I'm want on the, the whole world side. in the room i love the whole world in the room oh i don't i, I don't want them. the mother-in-law in the room i, I hope my doula all. clients aren't listening to this but if i'm gonna be honest like they are always <laughs> challenging you know yeah, it's funny it's funny how we differ on that like i want everyone in because i just feel like if they wanted them in they wanted them in I mean, I I definitely see that and I support my clients in that. But if I'm looking at it from like an ease perspective for the whole thing, like the more cooks in the kitchen, like, Mm -hmm. and not everybody is introspective enough and they have so many opinions. And then it's particularly the mom of the patient always is like, oh, well, my birth is, I'm like, it's not your birth. We're not in your birth. It's a different land we're talking about, lady. (laughs) Like, (laughs) so full disclaimer there that I definitely have an opinion about that, but You know, I think I've heard that of like, well, these visitation policies, like they're better for the patient and particularly related to doulas. Like it was just easier without the doulas opinions and like doulas check yourself before you wreck yourself and lose a job. But at the same time, like I just that's the first one that comes to my mind. Obviously, we need to be being with our patients and helping them keep progressing. As much as we can, too, yeah. because you know a lot of nurses are – you do have two, pa- two laboring patients right. all the time. Right, and so Well, you and you think about staffing with through the pandemic mm-hmm. of where nurses are being pulled to ICUs and med surge and ED. Right. You included. That could be an episode. Oh, my gosh. I had an experience. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let's just say it involved male genitalia that we are not used to. <laughs> oh, my God. So, you know, um, I think you probably also could come up with some other reasons for why maybe that increased, but I – I see it as a challenge, to be honest. I see it as a we are 0.8% away from being the highest we've been, and Oof. we need to like go the other direction. Right. Well, and this this doesn't mean to put more on your plate. Hear yeah. us loud and clear. We are all about working smarter, not harder. And so, you know, I can hear myself five years ago at the bedside saying like, ugh, like, I'm not this, or like, oh, you're going to tell me to do more. What we're saying is just work smarter, not harder. And how do they do that? You know you need CEs, but what if you could get them while at the same time setting aside intentional time for fun, relaxation, and personal growth to keep you going and able to give your best to your patients? We have the answer we've dreamt of. You don't want to miss out on this life-changing experience we are creating just for you, L&D nurses. Join us in the tropical and stunning Secrets Akumal right outside of Cancun, Mexico on May 18th to 23rd, 2023. Registration is now open. Learn with 400 other L&D nurses from all over North America about physiologic coping, logic birth, and coping with labor work together, trauma-informed care, actual therapeutic communication, and yes, we'll throw in some positions practice just because we can. Join us for only three hours of experiential learning a day. The rest is yours to enjoy the all-inclusive resort, activities, 
optional breakouts, or even snorkel with the sea turtles right in front of the resort. This will be an experience you will regret missing. We want to spoil you. You work so hard and deserve a life-affirming break. Register at bundlebirth.com slash movelearningretreat. Roommate matching and payment plans are available today. So a big misconception, we've talked about this before, is that people assume if Sarah and I are at the bedside, like we're doing all the things. We're like oh a circus God, act. Yes. Both of us. And in reality, it's don't fix what's not broken. We also I preach that here. sit there and smile and we tell stories. So and so much <laughs> can be done with therapeutic communication, trust, yep. education, making your patient feel at ease. That's number one. And that's easy. You're not mm-hmm. moving them, right? You're not breaking your back. You're not stressing over certain things. You're spending just, an hour educating. Yeah. You might for an induction. I do encourage that in the beginning of the And induction. people usually like that. I've heard a lot of reports of like nurses love that hour, like setting up totally. your induction, which is great. I do too. But we don't like mentorship, I feel like, is like a 12-month step of like how to work smarter, not harder. Yes. <laughs> you know? <So> true. <laughs> I think we need to know and recognize that life is stressful. We are on the tail end of a very stressful season. And our temperature, I share this in mentorship, that we are a thermometer in the room and we are the thermostat, not the thermometer who uses the thermometer on the wall. (laughs) I turn up my thermostat, right? So if I turn down my thermostat, it gets colder. If I turn it up, it gets warmer. And so if we think about ourselves as that of like, when I walk in the room, the energy I bring, the, my approach, the, the words I choose, the time I spend is spent intentionally, not necessarily longer. Sometimes it might take you longer, but I almost promise you that if you timed it out we're talking like 30 seconds extra mm-hmm. no, for sure. to do the above and beyond that actually makes a physiologic difference so be sort of thinking of yourself as that thermostat of check yourself before the door and say what temperature am i going to set i'm going to set one of calm of warmth of safety of privacy of protection and advocacy of centering the patient of listening really well openness yeah. And, and how much of that doesn't take any extra time. And I think, you know, it may take some, some human effort, some intention in our minds, but again, how much better that feels to live that way. And then you're, as you listen to your patient and as you navigate through labor with them, that you are applying your skill set as the expert in the room. They're the expert of their body. You're the expert of the physiology and the overarching viewpoint of labor in general. So we're not fixing what's not broken. We're letting them labor. We're setting their body up to do what it knows how to do. And then we're constantly assessing. That's what we do as nurses. That is our job. I say that all the time, but like we forget our primary role is to assess what's going on. And then if there's something going on in there, a broken piece, again, don't use that terminology, but something's not working, then we jump in. And we say, I have tools. If you don't have tools, we have a whole class for that. Um, And then I think give yourself grace that like, did you give your best? That goes back to the other episode we did of like, did you do your best? Then you did. So as we are educated nurses, we need to know the trends. And the trend is this number is increasing. This is your alert. Hey, everybody. We together can make a difference. And what that means is not to necessarily look at the at the problem as a whole. That's what we get to do here at Bundle Birth. That's what your hospitals get to do. All you have to do as the nurse is make that decision when you walk in that door. You are going to give your best 
to this patient. You are regardless their background, how similar or different they are from you, no matter their religion, their race, their ethnicity, their relationship dynamic, their weight, that you will apply yourself and give them the absolute best chance you know how to do to get that vaginal birth. And then guess what? Please clock out and then go clock out. Let it be. Live your best life outside of work as well. And if you are feeling strapped, like you don't know how to do that, that you're not feeling like your facility is giving you what you need to be able to give your best, you feel overwhelmed. Now, there's a little bit of overwhelm that no matter what, if you are new, you will feel a little bit of overwhelm. But that that is an alert. Hey, I have some gaps in my knowledge so that you can shut that door and clock out and say, great, I'm off. I'm going to go rest, I'm going to go recover, and I'm done. I'm doing my piece in the collective bucket of work that together all of us all over the country, all over the world are doing to give families their best chance and then also believing that together we will make a difference in these numbers. I hope to see a year from now, well, it's not going to be a year because we never get data that quickly, but three years from now to look at between 2022 and beyond how all of a sudden these a bunch of these nurses were like, I'm going to take control of my care and collectively we're going to fix this. This doesn't have to be a thing, you know? And, and you say like, oh, the doctors, oh, the midwives and that we're, we work with them, right? We're friends. We are, we are collaborative. This is, this is a group effort and nurses, we, we move the dial. If this episode prompted you to feel like I need more tools, I need to learn labor and birth, because Sarah's right, we do need to be experts at labor and birth because that's our wheelhouse. We have the supplies for you and we have the tools for you. So she's mentioned a few times, we have our physiologic birth training for labor and delivery nurses. It's specifically meant for you listening to this if you are an L&D nurse. Also, if you're a birth worker, I did just schedule a birth workers version. So for those of you that are a doula that are not a labor and delivery nurse, this is specific to people who are non-clinical. I have the same class. Also, there's one of those classes scheduled on the Bundle Birth Nurses site. And if you also were like, okay, but I want more than that, we have created a mentorship program that has 13 classes of all the things we wanted and all the things we think you need and should have, ranging from coping and labor, ranging from bereavement counseling, breastfeeding at, you know, after delivery, shared decision making, EFM, scary things, baby. It's all great. So that is on our website as well, Bundle Birth Nurses Mentorship, as well as just like tools for the bedside. We have our position guide. We have a poster position guide for your nurse's station or uh, labor rooms now. We have massage guides. We have pelvis guys we have lots of things for you as well as this podcast so thanks again for listening we have our instagram page sarah has a youtube channel that if you ever want to just learn about labor and birth i think i learned the most when i went to a childbirth ed training i was like there is so much i don't know i felt like a big <laughs> dumb dumb to be honest <laughs> so i was like i thought i knew stuff and so watching sarah's channel is really helpful there because you can learn it from that perspective about labor and birth so Thanks so much for spending your time with us here on this episode of Happy Hour with Bundle Birth Nurses. If you liked what you heard, it helps us if you subscribe, rate, leave a raving review, and share this episode with a friend. If you want more from us, head to bundlebirthnurses.com or follow us on Instagram. Now it's your turn to take what you learned today and apply it to your life, giving honorable, holistic care to every patient you care for. We'll see you next time.